Welcome to the Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, and we have a very special show today. I, I've been revisiting nostalgia, old movies and stuff, and I stumbled across Bowfinger, a movie that I honestly don't remember watching. So I had to bring on a special guest to talk about it. I'm really excited. We have Roger Wister, and he's host of the Roadhouse Minute, um, not the Steakhouse, the movie. So I'm, I mean, if we want to talk steaks, that's fine too. But I, I'm really excited to have you on here, Roger. Roger, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Lance. Thanks for having me on. I've never been on The Night Nerd before, and I'm excited to talk about one of my favorite movies, Bowfinger, a comedy classic from the 1990s. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's really, it's, I think it's one of Eddie Murphy's underrated uh, performances for sure. Welcome back to another episode of the Bowfinger Minute Podcast. What? Each- oh, hey, yeah. Um, each week, Movies by Minutes host examine the 1999 Frank Oz-directed comedy Bowfinger, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm your host, Bubba Wheat, and here with me are my guests, Lance Stadford of The Night Nerd and Roger Wister of Roadhouse Minutes. How are you doing, guys? I feel like I just got conned. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if the con's on, let's 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 talk some Bowfinger Minute then. I mean, I, I heard you were doing a podcast on Bowfinger, and what a quinky ding. So am I. So you, you don't mind if I just squeeze right on in here, do you? I, I, I didn't think so. Um, yeah, so I'm, but like I said, I'm Bubba Weed from It's Time to Rewind, and we are all here discussing Minute 31. It starts with the film crew setting up in front of Kit's mansion and ends with Daisy waving a briefcase in the air. So. <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool because this is the first scene of the film within the film that they're shooting. So this is where it really uh you're kind of like a, oh they're they're doing this it's actually happening and we got a little breaking and entering going on a little trespassing um which always makes for a good story I, I feel like I have a lot of great stories that involve those things but I, I think it's really the start of a lot of these minor characters journeys too uh see in as people know when they watch the movie like the clappers and the boom people everything seeing where they're at now it's, it's a really cool minute yeah, I'm very I'm I'm excited for this whole week. You know, it's it's funny when you do these movies by minutes podcasts, sometimes and you'll you know this too, Bubba Wheat, sometimes like your week is almost like its own sort of mini chapter of the movie. And yeah. this is this is sort of this is the beginning of guerrilla filmmaking week, I think, where we kind of see how this crazy idea is actually going to work. And I, I like this minute, especially, I think, for Heather Graham, uh, which I'm sure we're gonna <laughs> yeah. get into and talk about. Yeah, she. I think she is great, and and yeah, this this is basically 
like you mentioned, this this is kind of the start of act two of the movie that where the first act was him, you know, building everything. And then this is the start of the actual filming of Chubby Rain, <laughs> which they, <laughs> they never actually mentioned the title in, in this week. So, but which I'm kind of disappointed at. And Lance, I, I know you, you kind of mentioned, um, was this your first time watching Bowfinger or had you seen it before? That is a great question. So last night I, I watched it to, to catch up. And as I'm sitting there watching it, I am not remembering it. And I know I had it on DVD back when that was a thing. So uh, really for for all well-meaning and stuff, I'm. it was my first time. Cause, or in, even if it wasn't, it was like my first time again, uh, which surprises me because I love Steve Martin, love Eddie Murphy, love Heather Graham, uh, Jamie Kennedy, Frank Oz. I mean, it's just a murder's row of people involved in this. But yeah, it, it kind of was my, my first time to watch it. Yeah, that's, um, I, I think I'll, I'll <laughs> kind of save mine uh, for later in this week. But uh, yeah, it, I think, I feel like that, that may be true with a lot of people, just because Bowfinger feels like one of those movies that kind of gets forgotten about because it it's a great movie, but it's never really considered like one of the best movies, I don't think. Well, when I think 90s Eddie Murphy uh, life, like that's what comes to mind. Uh, the one with him and Martin Lawrence, uh, that's like peak Eddie Murphy for me. And so I just, yeah, somewhere this one just got lost in the shuffle, which is sad because... I, I feel like a lot of Frank Oz movies do get lost in the shuffle, which is unfortunate because he's amazing. But um, whether he's Miss Piggy or Yoda or directing, he's always bringing something to the table. And this this film's no different. I think you could argue, I mean, except for except for maybe Life, which came out the same year that that this is Eddie Murphy's best movie of the 90s. I don't even think it's that big an argument. Like if you take, you know, so Coming to America is 1988. And then after that, I don't think he really does a good movie again until this year. I mean, he has a character voice in Mulan, but I guess I'm not really counting that one because you never see him on screen. But like the rest of his 1990s are rough. I mean, like Beverly Hills Cop 3, Vampire <laughs> in Brooklyn, Dr. Doolittle. Like this is the stuff that he's kind of shoveling out after... Um, after coming to America, before he sort of gets back into doing, maybe I I guess before Shrek, Shrek is kind of the next thing that kind of relaunches his career. I mean, you you and the Academy ignored the Nutty Professor, so I I don't know <laughs> what's up with that. But I've never seen the Nutty Professor. I've heard like of all the movies where Eddie Murphy dons a lot of prosthetics and enjoys playing multiple characters, I've heard it's one of the better ones. I haven't dived into a lot of Eddie Murphy's like family friendly movies. I, I think I've just hit a lot of his classic comedies uh, outside of Beverly Hills Cop, which is one that's eluded me. You've never uh, seen Beverly Hills Cop? No. <laughs> wow. Or Beverly Hills Cop 2? <laughs> no, actually, no, I'm, like yeah. both of those movies are excellent and you should watch them both. Yeah, the, the only thing that I know about it is from the Clerks animated series with Judge Nelson, with Judge Reinhold. Um, Judge Reinhold. Yeah, and the the banana and the uh, the exhaust pipe. <laughs> that's that's my begin the beginning and ending of my experience with Beverly Hills Cop. 
but I did want to mention one thing that I, I loved reading about and we don't see the actual mansion, but this is the gates of Kit's mansion. And do you know what else this mansion was used for? Holy smokes, Batman, I do. Yes, so this this was also the filming location of the stately Wayne Manor in the Batman 66 series with Adam West. Really? Yeah. Wow. I guess there's just not a lot of, you would think there'd be more mansions available because like Lex Luthor's mansion in Smallville is the same one from X-Men. And I don't know. I got to think that, yeah, like gated gated complexes like this are a dime a dozen in certain areas of the Hollywood area in general. Although I imagine not as many of them will let you film there. That's true. (laughs) That is true. When you only have a budget of $2,184, probably probably not. (laughs) Everything costs $2,184. Yeah, every movie costs that much. (laughs) So so I have a a question for y'all concerning this minute. The you mentioned this is the start of the guerrilla filmmaking. Um, what what are some things about like that the that style and the way that Bowfinger is, is talking? You know, this this big con and lie that he's telling to everybody. Uh, and, and like you say, you see it start to come to fruition here. What are some parts of that that you found enjoyable or and or just completely ridiculous and but it still worked well i i i love the fact i love the addition of the schizophrenia (laughs) that they give to to kit you know making his paranoia about the his personal paranoia about these aliens fit in with the script that they're writing about the movie aliens I mean, just in this minute, I, I enjoy the fact that they are attempting to essentially shoot a money uh, movie on no budget, but attempt to preserve as much of the trappings of shooting on a movie set as possible. Like just this minute, one of my favorite parts of this minute is where he's, you know, he's training his his group of migrant workers that he's decided to pay to become his film crew. Like he's in this minute, it's the first time they've ever had to do it. I love the fact that he's like showing the person how to use the clapboard and then he doesn't trust him enough. So he actually brings him out, does the clapper for him and then brings him back. (laughs) Like that is, that's like classic. And, and there's, there's, there's many other parts of these minutes where you see them attempt to like, they attempt to do real movie things when they're clearly not, making a like a a real professional movie yeah one one other thing that i noticed that i thought was interesting is you see um i believe it's slater um he's crouching down with a disposable camera and i was curious because at, at first i thought maybe he's doing continuity shots yeah he's the script supervisor <laughs> yeah but I would think that if he was doing continuity shots, that's usually done with a Polaroid camera because then you have the ca- the pictures immediately, but he's using a disposable film camera. So he would have to, like to get those pictures, he has to use up the roll, take it to like a one hour photo since this is still the late nineties and get the pictures developed and then have them afterwards. Or, or he could be doing the behind the scenes documentary for the, for the release. Like getting all the behind the scenes photos and, and yeah, everything. That, 
that was my other thought was uh, maybe not necessarily for a documentary, but, uh, you know, just doing behind the scenes photos for the cast and crew. There's just so many little things going on, you know, and it's one of those that I, I'm definitely going to revisit this movie uh, again, because like I, said, I didn't notice him crouched down there with the camera and uh, it's all the little things that go into it are, are really impressive, you know, for this to be a, a comedy movie, you know, especially, uh, I, I love Steve Martin, I love Eddie Murphy, but you look at, you know, some of their other films, uh, like Life, where there's not a lot of subtlety in that movie. It's pretty much is what it is. And, you know, Steve Martin movies like um, The Jerk or Three Amigos and stuff. So the fact that they were putting all those little touches in is really, really impressive, I think. Yeah, and you can also see uh, Carol with her big makeup bag, her big clear plastic makeup bag. Which that's a nice touch too. Oh yeah, so um, Carol's Christine Baranski. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, she 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 might be my MVP of the week. <laughs> um, I really feel like this week is is it's bookended by Carol, and so like at the beginning of this minute, we get this really amusing uh line of hers that kind of goes over the top of the minute where she's just like, "Are you sure I shouldn't be in this scene?" Yeah, I, I could be uh, I could be lurking behind the bush. <laughs> her her crave her craven desire for fame coupled with her sort of complete inability to actually be a quality actress i find hilarious there are many times during this week where she makes me laugh out loud yeah christine baranski is the best i have loved i have loved her in everything that i've seen her and i've you know i first watched her uh, did either of you watch the uh, uh the sitcom sybil yep yeah that is that was my first experience with Christine Baranski, and she was my favorite character. Well, my second favorite character because you know, as a teenager, my favorite character was the the daughter Zoe. But <laughs> that's besides the, pro- the point. Um, but yeah, it, her as the best friend was my favorite character in that show. Yeah, I only know Christine Baranski from The Good Wife, which is much more of a serious role. Have you seen The Grinch with Jim Carrey? She's the love interest. The Grinch's love interest in the in the Grinch. I mean, I know she's been in a lot of other things. <laughs> I'm still boycotting the Mamma Mia movies as well. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, she's she's great in The Good Wife. She she can she is a phenomenal actress. She can do serious. She can do broad comedy, uh, like in this movie. Um, she's really impressive. I think. Yeah, I think one of the moments of this minute that made me laugh the most wow that's a lot of m alliteration coincidence um is when they're setting up the shot and heather graham's hiding in the bushes but you can clearly see her right there you know i I mean she's wearing a bright yellow top and bright pink pants (laughs) you could not pick a louder outfit for someone who's supposed to be hiding in the bushes yeah that made me chuckle just seeing her there yeah let's talk about heather graham maybe now's the time where we should dissect her so I mean, like I, she does an amazing job in this whole movie, but maybe especially in this minute at playing a really bad actress. <laughs> yes. The, um, she's someone that just came in from Ohio and she is doing something else in this moment. She has the accent and just the way that she's flailing and gyrating. Yeah, her when she runs after the limousine, it appears that every single one of her arms and legs is moving in a different direction simultaneously. <laughs> I don't know how she figured out that choice, but it's, <laughs> I'm just laughing now just thinking about it. It's like, 
I, I don't know how to quite describe like, do y'all ever have one of those toys as a kid? It's like, it's like, let's say it's like a person standing on top of a little platform. And when you squeeze the bottom of it, their arms and legs just do this. <laughs> yeah. That's mm. what her body does in this minute. Um, and she's just like running while attempting to flail. She, every part of her body flails in this minute. It's like the, the Kermit, Kermit doing the Muppet flail. Yay. I, I will say, um, it kind of made me this movie kind of made me sad uh in the sense of heather graham because i was like man i i like heather graham like she's a decent to good actress jumped on imdb and i was like oh she's done like four episodes of tv in the last decade and you know we we, we talked 90s and everything and she was everywhere in the 90s a little bit in the early aughts and uh then yeah she hasn't done much lately and i, I was kind of bummed about that because seeing her in this movie and such a good job that she does. I was like, I, I need more Heather Graham in my life. I don't recognize anything that she's done since The Hangover. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's one movie she did. Um, it's on one of the streaming services. It's her and uh, Beatrice, the Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and somebody else. Stephanie Beatrice. Yes. It looked really funny. But I hadn't had a chance to to watch it yet. Um, and even at this point, it's a couple of years old. So my backlog on movies is ridiculous right now. Half Magic. It was 2018. Oh, my gosh, 2018. And Heather Graham wrote and directed it, too. That's That was what got me excited about it. But I don't know. I haven't seen it, so I can't say if it's good or not. Yeah, I had never even heard of it. Um, I, I did want to mention... I did want to bring up the, her actual lines because they are incredible. You know, it's they're so, so simple, but so incredible. It's like to boil down just this concept of a bad movie into four lines. You know, Keith, you forgot your briefcase. Keith, you forgot you're upset. One slip up in your tough crime filled world and you could die. <laughs> it's, it's like watching the room all over again. <laughs> And I think that's another thing that speaks to Steve Martin's script here is he, I mean, that we've all seen movies with that kind of dialogue, you know, uh, <laughs> on this kind of budget and stuff. And so, uh, you know, that's something that has been made uh, still to this day. They make movies like that. But uh, I think, yeah, those lines, like you said, just perfectly capture the feel of what's going on here is it's not. The, you know, especially if you look at the the contrast between Eddie Murphy's character, you know, he's in this sleek black car, real nice, pulling away. And then, like I said, Heather Graham's in this real loud outfit. Um, it just shows the difference between their their worlds at this point. And uh, yeah, yeah, the dialogue, I think, is just the icing on the cake for that. And, and Steve Martin, you know, I, I think we have to take a moment. Um, uh, Roger, what is your... We don't have a fashion consultant here. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about what Steve Martin is wearing in this minute. Uh, and I think this goes back to what we were talking about before, about how they, this this movie has all the trappings of a quality movie. And so he feels the need to wear his, is that a beret? No, it's not a beret. It's like, I don't know what that is. It's like some sort of beret looking hat in reverse. He's wearing a He's wearing a tan blazer over tan colored shorts. Which if you if you look if you if you look quickly, it almost looks like he's just wearing a coat. Like he could flash mm. you if he wanted to. <laughs> um and then he's he's got He has lime green socks and a Hawaiian shirt 
and um, I think like yellow sneakers, like uh, they're not Vans, but they're similar to Vans. It's definitely something else. It's it's almost like, uh, and his Hawaiian shirt is like, has a leaf print. So it, it's almost like he's wearing camouflage, but then he's wearing <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, the tan coat over the top. And, and I feel like his hat is like a golfer's hat back, worn backwards. This is the first minute too of, since you just brought up camouflage, what I find very amusing are the different ways that in, in different locations, the film crew attempts to disguise themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, like we're going to see in an upcoming minute this week, like what they do when they go into town. Um, and I find that very amusing as well. Yeah, this one, they just have like seven people hiding behind the bush, <laughs> which we hadn't mentioned that, but just the, this shot of just all seven people hiding behind this bush, which happens to be large enough to hide them all with, you know, the slight opening for the camera to fit through. In in my mind, and this is just headcanon, like I see them when they were scouting it, like he cut that hole in the bush to put the camera. <laughs> you know, he got out there early and either either the workers helping or somebody like trim that bush just that way they, they could fit the camera in, which would have been a funny scene to include. But yeah, the the way they all like just pile on top of each other and get compact. Uh, it's I don't know if y'all have read uh, Rebel with a Camera. Robert Rodriguez's book on filmmaking. No, I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's a lot of inspiration one way. I, I don't know which came out first or what, but uh, there's a lot of similarities, but here they're played for comedy. And I think that's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. This movie's just a lot of fun. You're going to hear me say that a lot this week. It's just a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a very smart movie. Or, mm-hmm. I think it, it's easy to write this off as just sort of a throwaway comedy, but this is really one of the smarter satirical comedies from the nineties. Yeah. But that that's all the notes that I have for this minute. Uh, did either of you have anything else that you wanted to cover for minutes 36, uh, 31? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. It was, all right. it was a good way to start. All right. Good well, week. thanks for joining me. And uh, Lance, thank you for letting me hijack your show. <laughs> uh, and why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you and your work online? Awesome. So you can find uh, the Night Nerd podcast anywhere that you listen to your podcast. Just search for the Night Nerd, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, everywhere. Just the Night Nerd. And that's N I G H T N E R D. Um, if you want to check out some of my other projects, you can search my author page on Amazon, Lance, L-A-N-C-E, Stanford, S-T-A-N-F-O-R-D. Um, yeah, reach out. I love to talk nerdy stuff. I'd love to hear from you. And Roger? So you can find uh, my first effort in these Movie by Minutes podcast, Roadhouse Minute, everywhere that fine podcasts can be found. Or you can go on Facebook and find us at the new Double Deuce. Uh, and we're sometimes on Twitter at RH Minute. Uh, we've got some other projects in the works as well, but uh, that's probably the the best place to find. If you're, if you're willing to be nice, you should come and check us out on Roadhouse Minute. And I have been this week's host, Bubba Wheat, and you can find me on, on Twitter where I'm at Bubba Wheat. And my show is a, It's Time to Rewind, which t- it's Movies by Minutes Adjacent. I take a look at time loop movies and TV shows, and I break them down one loop at a time. 
So it can be anywhere from, you know, 20 minutes for a loop, or it can be just a few seconds in the time loop montage. I, I go that deep. And you can find the Bowfinger Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, bowfingerminute.com. Please like, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to join the discussion, be sure to join the Welcome to Mindhead, the Bowfinger Minute Listener Center on Facebook, or follow the show on Twitter at Bowfinger Minute. Be sure to join us here next time on the Bowfinger Minute. In the meantime, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. Together children. I hope that we'll see you again. Cause there's always One more